0: Hey, we're talking about managing low CEC soils. That is cation exchange capacity soils if you're not agronomically inclined. And I didn't know what they were either until about a year and a half ago at Commodity Classic. We're talking with Mile Alexander, agronomist for the Southeast with Agro Liquid, and of course, Chad Henderson, our dude from Madison, Alabama with- That has low CEC soils. Who has, as it turns out, low CEC (laughs) soils. So I guess the first question, truly, and, and I mean, you're the agronomist, you like to pick on me for being the FFA soil judger that wanted to be an agronomist. And I'll admit, I did not know what a low CEC soil was until a couple of years ago. Cation exchange capacity, what is And then what's that mean to a low or high CEC soil?
1: So when you say cation exchange capacity, that's specifically referring to where cations can attach on the soil profile. So cations are what you look at like on your soil report. It would be under your base saturation. So you have calcium, magnesium, um, hydrogen, sodium, um, potassium, so you yeah, have things like that, that's where your cations can go in there and they can attach to that root zone. So look at it as like a parking lot. You only have so many parking spaces to be able to park there and get into that plant. So when we have low CECs, and when we say low, we're talking like three, maybe. You know, that that's low for us. Even six is considered fairly low. That represents you have three parking spots. You have six parking spots. Okay. And if those things are occupied by other ions in the soil, then that means that you have less opportunity for those nutrients applied to attach. Big factor, nitrogen. If those are occupied and you've done put down 200 pounds of nitrogen, but you can only get so much into three parking spots, are you really getting the most out of applying more nitrogen? No. So it's so, a big factor.
0: So, by the way, you told me before when we were prepping for this, four big things when it comes to attaining good yields from a low CEC soil. Mm-hmm. And I'm going on memory here because you're the smart one. Nitrogen stabilization is a big thing too that you have to manage. Mm-hmm. Base saturation, which of course we're going to explain all these things. You said nutrient utilization and allocation. Mm-hmm. And then nutrient saturation is that the other thing? Loss. Nutrient loss. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Chad. Um yeah. I don't wanna be like the guy that goes around maybe like some uh, some people like maybe Kelly that has really good soils and says, Hey, you got low C E C soils. I mean, that's almost kinda of like, wait a minute, what are you saying? But you do.
2: I think about my soils as a screen door. hmm Like right, you know, Kelly's soil is like a shop rag. You know, you can pour a lot more water through a screen door than you can a shop rake, uh-huh. right? So in in essence, am I wrong here? Yep, Tell me if I'm very wrong. Very good yep.
1: analogy actually. So, so, <laughs>
2: I come up with something every once in a while. Every once but in a while. So, but it's not about what you. Um, in some ways, it's a blessing. It some is. Some ways, it's a curse. If I have a problem out in the field, I'm a whole. It's a whole lot easier for me to get the problem fixed because it runs through the soil easier, mm-hmm. right? And we can address the problem. So, in that way, it's a good thing. In yeah. the bad way, is I can't hold anything. So, but when you understand that your gr- soil won't hold but so much of the nutrients you're trying to apply, and understanding for a whole season, this is how much you need to put on. You just got to trickle it in.
1: Agreed, thank you.
0: Okay, so the big thing is, and and of course when you say that, one would think sand. One would think, okay, if it's a screen door, it's obviously very porous, whereas a shop rag or even a sponge. It's it's uh, it's just all equates to a number.
2: Ours are seven to nine, which is fairly good, you know? I mean, for us, it's fairly good. It's not, you know, so, and in some parts in Georgia, three
1: yeah you come down there in the sands
2: of south georgia three is so we're kind of blessed to be where we're at it's a good happy medium to tell you the truth you know if getting nutrients through it but not holding Mm -hmm. now but it just requires you to farm in a different way
0: real quickly about that does it have to be sandy because some of his stuff's not sandy does it does low cec always equate to sand or not is that am i making a false false correlation
1: um, a lot of the times it will refer to sand, but that is not a generalization. So, that like with him, if you look at the ground right here, it's red, is it not? Yeah, so, this so is clay. red clay base. Yeah, it's just basically it's what I mean. In a nutshell, it's what you said. It's what the good Lord blessed you with. Okay. So there's ways that you can improve it. So, like in sand, we really try to put a base down to build organic matter, just like you, we were talking about earlier, because organic matter is going to allow us to increase. Um, our CECs. Yep. It's going to give us a lot more surface area to uptake those nutrients and to hold on to those nutrients. Um, here in this red clay, we've run into what? Compaction, do we not? It gets cloddy, it gets hard, like walking across it now. It's just, it's hard. There's not a lot of percolation by water. Water moves nutrients. So this may be low CEC because we're not able to actually get as many attachment sites because there's not enough runoff and into the soil as what we need.
0: Molly, we're promising four things that you told me in the truck when we were on our way to prepare this uh, production here. You said there's four things that are big and we said, okay, let's go with that one, nutrient loss. So if I'm thinking to Chad's point that water is pouring through, it's very porosity is a big issue here, that's good except you know, porosity usually means it doesn't get compacted, et cetera, et cetera. However, it also means that everything you put in is going, is, is being leached. So nutrient loss, let's start with that one. How do you manage around that?
1: So first and foremost, what we wanna do is Do we not want to create a healthier root zone because if we have a healthier root zone a bigger root that gives us a lot more to hold hold. it gives us more opportunity to get the nutrients that are running through that soil into that plant
2: and in 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 crops that are not wheat such as our wheat i mean such as our soybeans and our corn Mm -hmm. we address we address the uh root zone yeah so we can't fix the whole field but we can fix the root zone you know, products that they've got, and we'll address roots which is why you always hear Molly talking and leaning on Fulvix real heavy in the southeast, you know, because we're trying to make available the things we already have.
0: Okay, then nutrient loss is one of them, and you said nutrient allocation and nutrient, uh, nutrient allocation and nutrient, uh, allocation and utilization? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I think those tie right there with nutrient loss in that that's where you talk about spoon feeding. And Matt talked about this in the Delta of Arkansas. If he tried to put all his fertility, which he used to do, out there pre season, by mid season, it's leached away.
1: Exactly. Okay, and
0: so one of your big things is spoon feeding gives you the allocation mm-hmm. and the utilization and prevents the loss. Is that reasonable? It does. That's
1: so it, think of the sand. So if we have a CEC of three and we go heavy inputs on the MP and K, so we've got a lot of nitrogen and we put a lot of phosphorus down, we've put some K down with it. If we put all that heavy loaded up front and we only have three parking spots, but we have 50 cars there, how long is it going to be before those cars start leaving because there's no parking spots to go? It's the exact same analogy in that soil profile. So if you will spoon feed it in, that gives you more opportunity for what you put down to, to actually get
0: used. Yes, To, to actually definitely. get up taken in the plant, which is something we talk a lot about.
2: And then too, it's another thing is learning and understanding how much the plant needs at what point because everything's made and you know we try to treat all our nutrients early in the plant's life when a lot of them don't need it Correct. Right. and then when we start filling grain when we start making grain when we start putting on pods you know whether it's kernels pods grains whichever it is we need to pack them things full well that requires a nutrient load a sugars load it requires a load from the plant that you're depending on it staying there from when you addressed it three months okay. ago and pulling it up i that's mean that's not our case
1: for example corn Nitrogen, you know, is very dependent on nitrogen. Guys want a heavy load corn on the front end, and then they all come back with a side dress.
2: What it, it's not about, it's not as much about, I don't think in the farmer's eyes them not knowing, as much as it is about, it's not easy to do.
1: And it's not, it's...
2: It, 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 spoon
0: feeding requires, it,
2: it requires more passes, it
0: requires more it re- paying attention, it requires, it requires, requires more man hours, yes, more, more equipment management. time. It requires it, it more. Well,
1: think about, uh, you know, the 60% at tassel. How tall's the corn? Yeah. And unless you have a high and able foot. to go over it or yeah. an airplane, you're probably gonna miss that application.
0: I love this, by the Irrigation way. This, this is almost as spirited of a discussion as tissue sampling. Oh, we can go yeah. there, oh, man. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. And disagree. We can just get right on that page. I loved it when Molly said, I said, I think we're gonna address low CEC soils, because Chad has them and she says I can talk about this all day and you guys haven't disagreed so far but I want to bring you to the next one nitrogen stabilization Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a big thing it's been going on it's been a big topic for 50 years and Mm -hmm. the first products came out a long long time ago is it harder to do here than it would be say in in a soil that's a high CEC it probably is
1: not necessarily
0: okay so what's the story there
1: so there's different I got
0: a question
1: hit me
2: is it do we want to should we be stabilizing more or less here
1: on which application any because 90% of your inputs up front are dry correct yes okay
2: they should so, all be stabilized
1: well you I mean there are stabilizers geared for the dry so urea you have your coating so you have different products that will treat the dry urea however the urea is geared for a volatility control because it lays on the surface so you have heat units you have the sun you have UV rays it's all breaking it down so volatility means it gassed off So you're not getting the full amount out of a prill of urea able to percolate and go into the soil in a nitrogen source. Vaporizes. Because it's vaporized out.
0: Goes out to the atmosphere.
1: So there's coatings for that that you can do up front. However, I cannot stress this enough. (laughs) I don't care what stabilizer you put on that. It goes right back to our same point that by the time you come in at side dress, do you really think that even with a stabilizer, there's still enough there to get 300.
0: Did you like how I served that up? I I do. (laughs) do. I gotta tell you, this is—I mean, this is some of my favorite <laughs> stuff. This, we're st- standing in your fields with the AgriLiquid people has produced some of my favorite topics of all time. Okay, next thing, um, base saturation. I don't know for sure what that means. And I know that you can explain it and tell me how Chad manages that. He said there's four things. He hey, don't. Four key, four keys to four keys to getting successfully. So of our fourth key, this is our fourth key because now we did we did that. So
1: well, just saturation. like I said earlier, uh, you referred to CEC, cation exchange capacity. Well, base saturation is a measurement of your cations in your soil. Yep. And base saturation, when you get a soil report, that's one of the first things that I look at when I get one to analyze, because that tells me immediately what's available in the soil. Your other factors in there, so like your PPMs of phosphorus and sulfur and things like that, that just tells you what's in the soil. That doesn't necessarily mean it's available. It just tells you what's in there. So you could have high amounts of phosphorus and still need to add phosphorus. This is
0: something that we never even thought about uh, until, I mean, recently, because it used to be, well, wait, the stuff's there. But then we started talking about utilization, utilization Mm -hmm. and and getting it uptake, uptake, uptake. So base saturation, is it kind of very much correlated to uptake and utilization of the stuff?
1: It is, so think calcium. It's a cation, but it's also a huge antagonist in the soil, where it does have very good properties as far as pH and um, structure, plant structure, things like that. Calcium is a huge factor, but there's a baseline that we look at on the base saturation. So there's a value, 65 to 75% on your base saturation is ideal. Even if you're in that ideal range, calcium is still an antagonist. It will tie up your phosphorus. It will tie up a lot of different things in the soil. So we wanna make sure when we look at that base saturation on a soil report that we are somewhere within those close values that are listed out. But again, on the CEC that we go back to, if we have a high amount of hydrogen values on there, hydrogen to me is like a filler in the soil. So if our calcium's lacking, our magnesium's lacking, hydrogen slips in there as a filler. Hydrogen's loosely bonded; it can take off and go with anybody else, right back to the nitrogen stabilizer. So does
0: it do you? Does hydrogen do you no good? I mean, in other words, if it's there, if it, it has no value? It, value?
1: it does have value. It does create other elements in the soil as well, and it helps for a carrier because I mean. Like I said, water is a huge factor in, in water and oxygen. All right, so Agreed. of the four
0: things that we've talked about, the easiest, th- nitrogen stabilization's been around for quite a while. We've understood that, and we're going to understand it more because of environmental pressure, I should think. Yes. Nutrient allocation and utilization, I think that goes back to the spoon feeding. Yep. We've covered that a lot of extreme ag, you know, putting the product out there when it can be uptaken by the plant versus just, putting that there when it hangs around the soil. You know, now, finished. too, I mean, you got to look back from the years where my dad was farming, where there wasn't a lot of products
2: available. There wasn't as many, you know, liquid was there, but there wasn't pushing right. the envelope. They didn't have the technology they got now to provide us with the tools to better spoon feed. Yep. You know, so we're getting better tools. We're using them as farmers to do a better job spoon feeding, and not front loading, not getting any
0: runoff, you know, yeah. things like that. And we've also talked a lot about you know, wide drops to yeah. foliar to the different ways two of getting, by two, you know, two by two, I mean. to getting the stuff out there. And then I think the other one, I'm um, looking at my notes over here. It was nutrient uh, uh, loss. <laughs> That's, uh, building a big root base is something most people wouldn't have thought. You know, nutrient loss, you think, oh, cover crops, or I think, uh, you know, organic matter increase, which those are all good. We're
1: talking about running through the soil, just yeah. so running off.
0: <laughs> and so the root, getting roots, which then you think about some of the stuff we've talked about, using a plant growth regulator in your planting or stress mitigation process time of planting helps you get a bigger root mass more quickly, yeah? Yep, there's
2: several things that, that will contribute to a better root mass, you know, and that's one of the things that will but that's what we gotta have. We just gotta do a better job of building the soil profile and looking at what we have. And if you understand what the good Lord give you, because again, it's hard to change those numbers. You know, certain numbers you can change, certain ones you can't, you know, but when you understand that, then you can understand how to farm
0: around those things.
1: It's a balance, it has to be balanced because if anything gets out of the balance, that's when, Problems start to occur,
0: and then base saturation was the fourth one because we talked about managing these four things for bigger yields on low CEC soils. Base saturation is one I was the most clueless about coming into this, and so the the quickie on base saturation that we can like say, okay, this is what I need to know is base saturation. I know, but just the quick, the, the one thing that I can change. Going
1: to elevator pitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, the other way, to, the way to change or to to work with that.
1: So, well, I don't know. if. The easiest so the two okay, to break that down into a smaller thing because hydrogen, like I said,' is a yep. filler it's a it's kind of a smaller factor. Yep. magnesium a little bit smaller factor. um calcium is a big one but the calcium to magnesium ratio is a big thing in base saturation. So it should be higher than three. So the
0: best way to manage a base saturation problem is to make sure you're balanced on micros. Exactly. So
1: if those are balanced, then you have a lot better uptake of what nutrients that you're putting down. If they get out of balance, that's where problems start happening. And that's where a high mag soil is like walking across white looking concrete. It's super tight, heavy packed soils. You gotta be able to address that. You can address that with Calcium, uh, calcitic lime, dolomite, gypsum, yep. different things like that.
0: Last question: Can you increase your cation exchange capacity? Can you go from a seven to a ten, or a ten to a twelve, or any? I mean, and and is it possible or necessary? You it?
1: Go ahead
2: with your organic matter speech.
0: If you increase organic matter, does it increase cation exchange capacity? Presumably,
2: I don't. I don't know. You know, we can increase the cat. The only way we can say that we could increase it. And I don't know if it'll un- increase it in papers. There's people that's done work, and even with your like the amount of phobics that we can put in there, we can change the CECs in that band. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. We're tr- maybe we can manipulate. I wouldn't say change.
1: I would say manipulate. When,
2: we're mani- we're trying with some things we're doing in the two by two or the wide drop. Yep, we can manipulate the root zone mm-hmm. and make it think it has a better CEC than what it does. The CEC is still there. That's it. It's still yeah, the number that really, it is. it can't change that. But we can true. make it think it has a different CEC for the uptake that it's getting. Got that it. make any sense at all.
0: It does. And then the other thing. That's a great way to. Explain. Organic matter would, if you could increase the organic matter by a percent, would it increase the CEC? No. No. It, it
1: organic matter, It. if you increase organic matter, it actually, increases your holding. uh holding capacity for nutrients and if you have more organic Sorry. matter on sands which is extremely low CEC, like
2: we said yeah, yeah. it's actually going to keep it from eroding and blowing away so that's
0: good it's very positive to have it an is. increase in organic matter but it's not going to change your CEC. so so, right. so
2: when we that's was basically. farming when we was farming cotton something like cotton our organic matter on these farms was somewhere around half to one percent mm-hmm. yeah because cotton's a tree it's yeah. a taker yeah. okay you know, and that's just what it is. Well, when we own our farms, now that we've done wheat, beans, corn, all this, we don't belly any straw, all of it's putting back, all the corn fodder's putting back, all the nutrients we put back, we've changed all the ground, it's took me 20 years. Yeah, but but we've changed it from a 1%, now we have from a 2.5 to a 3. Which is Fantastic.
1: great. And, and
2: that's what we've done, but but it's a lot, you have to put it back into the soil yeah. to do that. And it's a long process, it's not something you're gonna fix in a minute, it's gonna take a minute to, to fix that, you know, and, and it's not really a fix, it's just, what you're working
1: with. Well, and like you said, there's products out there to manipulate Manipulate. that and make it a better, healthier root zone Mm -hmm. until you can fix it.
0: I proposed this topic because I thought it was a neat thing based on uh, what we've seen here. You thought it was gonna fight. Well, there's always that. I mean, uh, you know, antagonism is kind of one of my specialties. But anyway, uh, low CEC soils, you might have them, maybe you don't. And this is a great topic because probably there's some management stuff here you picked up on how to get big yields out of uh, low CEC soils. Till next time, thanks for being here. More great information at extremeag.farm. Share this with somebody that can use it and they can prosper. Thank you so much for being here.